Welcome to the Artist Spotlight for Run Radio. I'm Trina Wilcox. My guest today, Molly Healy. Welcome. Hello. I have, before we even get into anything, I've got one question. If you could clear up, is there a difference between a fiddle and a violin? <laughs> Very good question. Um, yes, technically there is. Uh, the bridge is a little bit uh, more curved on a violin. Okay. And it's flatter on a fiddle. And so uh, it, but a lot of people, a lot of fiddle players will play with just regular violins. So it's definitely more how you play it. For instance, I'm a fiddle player, but I do both. I have a classical violin. I always have. So I've never used a fiddle fiddle. <laughs> so your music is a big part of your life. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But first, there is something that you're also passionate about happening this weekend right here in Springfield, Missouri. And it is the Earth Day Music Festival. So tell me a little bit about that and how folks can get involved and what's going to be happening throughout the entire day. Yeah, we're so excited to be bringing this for the second time to Springfield, Missouri. Um, it is a plastic-free music and sustainability festival, and um, we're going to have nine bands performing throughout the day. It's in Jordan Valley Park in Springfield, Missouri, right here. Uh, the doors open at 11 and music will wrap up at about 8. Um, it's plastic free, meaning that we are going to be uh, basically selling for a very small price metal cups that people can drink out of for the day. They can take those cups home with them. They last really forever. I mean, as long I've had some for years um, and um, we're encouraging all the guests to bring water bottles to fill up because we're not going to have plastic water bottles for sale. We're composting all of our food waste for the day um, and compostable containers as well. So it's basically a leave no trace events. So we're really trying to have zero garbage, zero plastic, and um, the ticket price that you will pay at the door that you have already paid if you have a ticket is 100% going to go to our local environmental organizations. And this year we've got three of them that we've picked, uh, the Ozark Society, Compost Collective, and Springfield Green County Parks. Okay, so why is this so important for us to recognize? Well, for me, of course, uh, you know, it's it's really about uh, the fact that I, it, I, I'm blending music and environmentalism. That's been my passion since the beginning. I, I um, at one point, I wanted to actually even quit music to do more environmental work. Um, my wise daughter at the time said, that's probably not the best idea, Molly. <laughs> You're not going to be happy um, because music is such an incredibly huge part of my life. But, you know, she said, you need to figure out a way to blend those two passions. And so that that's why I did this. Um, I, I, I think that you can use music to make the world a better place in that you can show the world that we can gather without a huge mess and um, we can continue to have these kinds of events without, you know, making mountains of plastic and garbage that will end up in the oceans. Um, we can find ways to sustainably do it by, you know, encouraging people to bike to the festival, carpool, use very little emissions. Um, and the donation part of it, you know, that in, in my opinion, the only way that we're going to make environmentalism profitable over fossil fuel uh, consumption 
is by taking the money out of the fossil fuel industry and putting it into sustainability. And that's really what it's been about for me the whole time is, you know, the money. I mean, that's ultimately in a capitalistic society, that's what it's got to be about. You've got to try to figure out a way to make sustainability and environmentalism and green energy profitable so that it can replace the burning of fossil fuels. And so um, we are just showing in our little corner of the world that we can raise money for environmental organizations and try to give them some much needed cash to do what they need to do to keep our environment clean and sustainable. When you were first putting this together, did you constantly come up against little hurdles that you didn't realize, oh, that's not going to work because I don't make a mess. Did you have to change gears a lot or was it pretty quick and easy? I mean, it just, as far as that part of it, it was pretty cut and dry. What we we decided right off the bat, you know, no plastic. And, and that's really not been that hard at all. I mean, it's, it, it and that's what's kind of disappointing sometimes when you go to an event and there is a bunch of plastic. It's like, you know, we, we know how to do this. This is not, this, yeah. this can be, this can be done. Um, and as far as like, you know, how to, you know, our, our model of funding the festival through sponsorships and, um, you know, so that we can donate all of the ticket sales, that wasn't super hard. You know, the things that are hard is, is just the nuts and bolts, of course, of running a festival for someone mm -hmm. like me who's never done it before and my partner and my board, um, you know, awareness, uh, it's it's sometimes hard to convince people that Earth Day is something that can be fun and um, it's it's not political. It's it's just a it's it's something that we can all be a part of and do a good thing for the planet. And that's really all I want to do, you know. Um, and so that can be kind of difficult, though, you know, because you've got people who immediately turn it into something political. And then the other main challenge, of course, is our weather. It's an outdoor festival. <laughs> so when you plan for a festival all year long and you have a certain vision of it being outside and then all of a sudden you're faced with the possibility that it might have to be moved indoors, uh, you've got to switch gears at the last minute. And that's kind of we're, we're we're looking at that forecast right now and and it might not turn out in our favor this year, but um, we've got a backup plan so we can move inside the ice park if we need to. Awesome. So it will go on. You just Absolutely. might not be outside. And I love that you're making something fun that is also important and bringing people together with music. What kind of lineups do you have that people are going to get to see? Well, um, that's very, uh, it's very, we're very excited this year to have the Ozark Mountain Daredevils headlining the festival. Um, they are obviously a spring, Springfield institution, Ozarks, Missouri institution, and of course, uh, internationally known. Um, and it's, uh, I've been, it's been a pleasure for me to be playing with the Daredevils over the last few years. Um, and we are just very excited that they decided to not only play the festival this year, but they're actually sponsoring. In other words, they are giving up the entire performance for free. Um, taking zero dollars for it. So, um, which really helped our bottom line this year when putting on the festivals. So we've got them super excited about it. They're our main, one of our main presenting sponsors. Um, and then we've got uh, the Hillbenders also out of Springfield, Missouri. We've got Opal Algafia out of Arkansas. Um, we've got, a, and then several other Springfield bands, Sister Lucille, 83 Skidoo, and then um, Mark Barger, Brandon Moore, and Annabelle Moore and Alyssa Galvin. And then uh, we've got 
a few other performers throughout the day. It's just going to be a really a great time. Is there anything that you still need? Do you still need volunteers or any help in that capacity? Um, we're, we may need a couple more volunteers. If you are interested in volunteering, um, if you could go to earthdayspringfieldmo.org, um, and that's our website. That's also where you can get tickets, um, and send us a, uh, there's a contact us, uh, tab and you can send us an email if you're interested in volunteering. Um, we'd love to hear from you, even if for some reason we fill up this year, I, we we had a few drop out this, uh, this week. And so we were, uh, we might have a couple of slots open. So go ahead and send us an email and let us know you're interested and we'll let you know if we can use you. Sounds great. And again, if people are wanting to go ahead and get tickets, can they get tickets the day of? They can. Um, okay. so it's just a slight bit more expensive the day of, but, uh, so we also recommend just in case, um, we, uh, have to move the fest inside. We're still looking at that forecast, but um, we're going to be diminished in capacity if we have to move inside the ice rink. And um, we'll have to cap if, you know, the tickets at a, at a smaller number than we would have if we have the whole entire park to be in. So I really recommend getting those tickets ahead of time. It's very easy. Um, you don't have to print anything off. We're just going to be able to scan from your phones. And, uh, but yes, if you decide that you want to wait until the day of, um, or if you forgot and you just, uh, just want to do it the day of our ticket sales do end at on Friday at the end of the day on Friday. So on Saturday, if you want to just walk up, um, it's just $40 at the gate and you can pay by either cash or card. All right. And that website again, earthdayspringfieldmo.org. Awesome. And so like you were saying, you've played with the daredevils for a while now and yeah. music has been in your blood, it's been your passion since you were young. When did you first realize that it, it was your heartbeat? <laughs> well, I think probably for, and a lot of people, music musicians who come from musical families will kind of say the same thing. We don't really know. It's, it's, okay. it's you know, my dad was a, uh, uh, a singer and he played brass instruments. He was a choir conductor. <clears throat> he was the conductor of the Jeff City Symphony for a little while where I grew up. You know, so he, it was just all around the house. My brother played uh, piano. He's a, uh, he's now a piano professor. Um, and my mom sang in the choir and it was just all over the place in my house. So, I mean, it was just kind of like, well, I'm not really sure, you know, I, I'm not really sure when I started talking, yeah. but it was just the language that we had, right. you know, but um, yeah, it, I, I guess as far as this kind of music, you know, I'm classically trained, but there, I went to college in my twenties uh, and I thought that maybe I w wanted to do uh, musicals and Broadway and things like that. And so I actually was a theater major for a little while and it just didn't work out. Um, and then there was a friend of mine who, uh, Kristen, and um, she said, you know, we were, it was, I don't think I was even 21 yet, maybe, uh, maybe just turned 21. And uh, I was starting to kind of get involved in the local music scene and I had no idea that I would be doing what I'm doing now at the time. I, you know, I was still kind of trying to find my way. And she said, well, there's a, there's a local band and they might need a fiddle player. I, I know you played violin at one point and I'd only played in high school for just a few years. I was terrible. She's like, just bring your instrument. Let's try it. And I was so nervous and I almost didn't do it. She convinced me to do it. And, uh, they had actually, they had invited me. That's what it was. And then I wasn't going to do it. And she convinced me to do it. I went over there and picked up my fiddle for the first time in like two years and it was rusty as all get out, but 
I realized how much fun it was. And so that was the beginning of my fiddle playing life. And, and <laughs> that's a straight through line to the present. Why strings in the first place? Um, I, I'm not really sure. I think I just remember, uh, cause it, when I first started violin, I was in seventh grade. So, I mean, that's now that's just like eons ago that I, you know, I don't really remember what my reasoning was. I think I just was thinking one day that violin would be cool. Which I think yeah. that's kind of the way a lot of people choose their first instrument. They're not really sure. They don't have a burning passion. Maybe they, maybe their parents started them on it. I don't know. But like, I just thought that it sounded neat. And but I wasn't really super committed to it really until um, mm. until my twenties. And uh, when I picked it up again that second time, that's when I really started practicing and getting into it. Is it your favorite instrument? Either that or the cello. I go back and forth between the two of them there, but I love them both probably equally and for different reasons. Which one are you best at? Well, violin was definitely my first. So I would have to say absolutely that. Um, it's uh, definitely the one I'm most comfortable on. Um, I have a solo uh, project though. And, you know, I play guitar and I, I have songs that I've written on guitar and I like guitar just fine. Um, but you know, when you're playing solo, I do a lot of looping, but sometimes I try to play along while I'm singing. And that's so hard when you have a violin up, you know, in, yeah. your, in your face. So I found that if I'm going to be playing and singing at the same time, I really feel a lot more comfortable in the cello to do that. Talk to me a little bit about songwriting when you started putting the, the, the passion from playing onto paper. Yeah. Uh, songwriting, um, came for me very late. Uh, I, you know, I, I attempted it in my twenties and maybe eked out one or two songs. I didn't really like songwriting. Um, at that point I was just playing fiddle for other bands, you know, so I didn't really need to anyway. And, uh, so I, uh, but sometime in my 30, well, no, this is all, this can really be traced back to as uh, recent as 2015. I was uh, looking at a video on YouTube and I saw um, a slam poet and in, in the background, he was playing along with a violinist and she just had this big uh, pedal board of effects, you know, she could turn it into a bass, she could put a bunch of delay on it, she, you know, all sorts of things. And she was looping and it was just beautiful. And in my mind, I was like, I can do that. <laughs> that sounds, you know, that sounds fun. And uh, so I ordered, it's it's called a looping pedal. And what you do is is you uh, can record yourself live and then play over it ad infinitum. And um, I ordered one and I was just hooked. And I wrote my first, you know, two or three compositions within a month. And um it kind of started out just instrumentally, but then I started adding words to some of the songs. And uh, now I've written songs for, you know, my solo project, but also uh, my, a lot of my duo projects. I've got another duo called the Lace Wings. I play with Dallas Jones and I've written songs for all of those projects and they're all completely different. Um, but songwriting is now something that like, I can't turn off. It's so weird. It yeah. took me decades to turn it on but now here it is I guess that's really neat do you sing then as well yep yep singing was my first thing I, I've been singing okay. since I was a kid it was okay. it was all the instruments that came later okay and I guess a fan of yours actually described your style as orchestra 
bringing orchestra to the live rock show. Yeah. Well, actually, I, uh, yeah, I, I was talking with somebody. I, uh, the first time I um, asked somebody, uh, because I couldn't decide what to describe my solo project music, you know, it was because it's really doesn't have a whole lot of, uh, I can't find any artists that sound like me necessarily. Um, and so I asked someone once and I said, how would you describe my music? And they said, folk inspired orchestral looping. And I thought <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's the kind yeah. of bringing the orchestra, you know, we could, cause I, I create string arrangements and I record them and I perform them live. And so it's, it's putting all of those beautiful lush strings to, you know, rock songs and things like that. And so you can, you know, whereas with a lot of bands, all you, you have to listen to the album to hear those kinds of arrangements. You can hear them at our live show. Do you like performing with a group or solo better? Um, that, I mean, I think probably playing with other human beings on a stage will always, you know, <laughs> take the cake. Uh, it's definitely something that uh, when you have that, you know, that communication and that rapport on stage and uh, eye contact and just just that lovely, you know, age old uh, joy of of creating music with other people will always be, you know, the top experience for me. Um, solo is nice to be able to do number one with a loop station. Now I've got a computer program that I do all that stuff through, but um, so, you know, I, I can create my own band sort of, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so it's a one woman show. What's, what's nice about solo music is, you know, it, it's, you miss playing with other people, but it's really nice to be able to have the ability to show up to some locations that, you know, maybe the band wouldn't necessarily be able to go to. And so you have the flexibility of being able to do the smaller stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, the, traveling you know I don't have to worry about schedules or things like that yeah and I, and I do like playing solo as well because I have different versions of the songs that I do when I do them solo so it's just a different thing I definitely enjoy my band more but I really do love playing solo as well do you have a physical routine that you do to keep in shape with your music like yoga or running walking something like that well, the practicing is definitely a huge part of my day. I mean, um, I play four instruments now and I try to practice all of them. And, um, you know, I don't get around to them all every day, <laughs> especially not right now when I'm preparing for a major music festival. But, um, you know, practicing is a huge part of my day. And yeah, I exercise five to six days a week. You feel like that is important for the connection with music? Um, I think it's more just... I think it's important for everybody to exercise period. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, when you're hauling heavy, heavy equipment, so will you be able to perform with the daredevils Saturday or are you going to be too busy doing director stuff for the festival? No, actually I, I play with the dares now. Uh, it, I'm uh, a member, officially a member of the band. So anytime they play, I am playing with them. So I awesome. will be up there. And, um, by that point, hopefully most of the festival will have gone smoothly. <laughs> I can just yes. go up there and relax. Now, what about your solo project? How deep are you in? When can we expect to see that? Um, uh, well, I just put out my fourth album, um, last November, uh, and it, 
went really well. Um, and, uh, so we've been performing shows kind of supporting that with the band and solo. I perform my solo project at least, you know, um, five or six times a month, probably. And, uh, just mostly around the Missouri, Arkansas, Kansas area. Um, sometimes I'll stretch out further. Um, but I've got, you know, a major music festival, a couple of them this summer that I'm going to be doing and solo. And, um, we've got some band shows that we're super excited about. And, uh, so, yeah, it's solo, it, you know, it's it's all kind of part of the whole entire whole is uh, the dares and the solo projects. So they're all kind of intermingled and uh, I play them both regularly. Very exciting. What advice would you give to independent artists that are feeling overlooked by all of the the big labels and mainstream things that go on in the music world. Well, for the most part, I as a solo artist am still being overlooked by all the mainstream. Um, it's tough out there. I mean, there's there's uh, I won't lie. It's not. It's really hard to be heard. Um, the, one of the great things about the music business these days is that um, just about anybody can do it and be heard somehow uh because you know you no longer have to get signed by some sort of record label um and you can if you're lucky and if you're you know really talented and you have something that the world wants to hear at that moment in time you know it can be very easy to to be heard right away you know to go viral or you know whatever it is that you ends up happening um i would love to say that it's not gate kept anymore it still is but it's it's a little easier to you know catapult yourself up to a very visible stage um if you're lucky i guess is the way i would say it um but it's also because of that fact every but there's so many people out there making music right now and so it's just become a lot more um the field has just become the playing field has become denser you know there's just a lot of music out there a lot of um distractions i guess so if you put something out there like if you put a a video out there that goes viral you might be hot one day but then the next day people have forgotten about you and they're looking at the next viral video you know and so it's um i at my age i'm 45 years old and at my age i'm less concerned about um making it I guess is the term you would use. Uh, and I don't even know what that is anymore. I mean, uh, to me, I've already made it because I'm making a living playing music. And I think that if you're, you know, if I, I would say if you're in your twenties and you, and you're really wanting to go for it, then that's wonderful. It is hard, It but uh, it's also doable if you work really, really hard. For me, I do work very, very hard but I'm also satisfied with where I'm at. And that is that I, you know, I have a presence. It may not be a, you know, I'm not famous, but uh, I do have a presence out there and it's enough to get me the shows that I need. I have wonderful, rich experiences every single week and month of my life. Um, I get to play at all these wonderful places and meet lots of fantastic people. And, um, you know, like I said, make a living for myself and my daughter um, playing music. And that's really all I can ask for. And so I think if, I think my biggest piece of advice would be to love what you're doing 
love the music that you do. And one of my mantras that I work by is to start small, think big and work hard. And that's probably would be my piece of advice to everybody. I think that is very good. Tell people where they can go to learn more about you, your shows, your music. And don't forget to tell us about the festival one more time. Sure. So uh, for my music, you can go and download it and look at my show schedule at mollyhealy.com. And my last name is H-E-A-L-E-Y. Um, and uh, yeah, sign up on my mailing list there. I can tell you when we're playing again, things like that. Uh, download some music, order a t-shirt. Um, and then uh, you can also uh, look at the festival this weekend. My baby, it's my heart and soul right now, this festival um, that I'm trying to do for the Earth Day Festival this Saturday. So uh, I would love to see you there at the festival. So go to earthdayspringfieldmo.org and get your tickets to the festival. Like I said, whatever the weather does, we've got you. Um, we're going to have a great time. And um, so we'd love to see you Saturday. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Molly Healy. Good luck and come back me. anytime. Okay. Thank you.